I'm Becky Hennessy. This is the Path of Imperfection, episode 54, Flow. It is gonna be a good day today, you guys, either because it's a brand new one for you or because you've just started to wrap up on your day. Real quick, if you want my free 50-minute connection seminar, go to my website, beckyhennessy.com, and subscribe to my rest stops. If you've already subscribed, encourage somebody else today to subscribe to those rest stops so that they can get that free connection seminar. If you subscribe, you know the value of it. If you don't, you'll see the value of it. But real quick, just go do that. Becky Hennessy, B-E-C-K-I-E-H-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y.com. Right as you pull it up, a little thing pops up, talks about rest stops or offers that free seminar. Plug your information in there and then you can get that 50-minute seminar on me. So I have a crazy amount of energy today and I think it's because of today's episode's topic. We are talking all about flow today. What it is, what blocks it, what cultivates it. Flow is a principle found in positive psychology. Now when people hear about positive psychology, a couple things happen. One is they often assume that it's this woo-woo, hocus-pocus, hippie talk situation. Another is that they assume that it's thinking positively. Positive psychology is not this woo-woo, hocus-pocus, hippie talk. It's legitimate, measurable science. It also isn't at all about this positive affirmation thing or just thinking more positively. Positive psychology is defined as the scientific study of what makes life most worth living. It's a focus on the factors that contribute the most to a well-lived and fulfilling life. Growth mindset also falls under this umbrella of positive psychology. I'm going to be leaning really heavy on Mihai Cheek Sent Mihai's work. Say that five times fast. Mihai Cheek Sent Mihai is a Hungarian-American psychologist. He is an expert in regards to flow. He developed the term flow state as he was interviewing athletes and musicians and artists and discovered that many of the people he was interviewing described their optimal states of performance as instances where their work simply flowed out of them without much effort. If you're wondering the difference between a feeling and a state, they are very different. Go listen to my episode called Choose Your State. I don't remember which number it is, but you can find it. It's got some rocks with a heart or something on it. Okay, so Cheek Sent Me High defines flow as a state in which people are so involved in an activity that nothing else seems to matter. The experience is so enjoyable that people will continue to do it, even at great costs, for the sheer sake of doing it. Now, I'm going to link you to an article of his that has a video clip in it that kind of explains flow in a really, really awesome way. Straight out of the gates, 
I'm just going to give you a heads up. It talks about how a person can make themselves happy, which I kind of reword to fit my truth, that a person can create an environment where happiness can be cultivated. Don't get wrapped up in the semantics. Focus on what is discussed in regards to flow and in regards to what I believe he calls the flow channel. Pay really close attention to that. Flow for me is about zoning in. It's a hyper focus where time kind of falls to the wayside. It's expansive. It builds and builds. I have a ton of clarity and flow. All of the dots seem to connect. For me, the physical sensation of flow is euphoric. How he describes it is ecstasy. Ecstasy, not the drug, y'all. The emotion is this, how would I describe it? It's like this transcendence almost. It's this overwhelming feeling of excitement and joy and pleasure and connection all in one. Now, I don't know if there's a scientific correlation between ADHD and flow, but I do have a lot of curiosity about that. I'm really curious if those with ADHD either enter flow quicker or feel it with more intensity or maybe a little bit of both. I have an ADHD brain and flow feels absolutely amazing to me. When I can click into that space, I seem to be able to do it faster maybe than other folks and I do it more intensely, which is really awesome and really cool and one of the things that I absolutely love about that ADHD piece. But I don't know if that's for everybody because I only have the brain that I have, so I don't know. Now, I know you're thinking something like, Becky, flow sounds an awful lot like substance use or substance abuse. And you can absolutely have a version of flow when you use a substance. For me, deeper flow is when you can get there without anything but using your own body and your own mind. I've found for me the things that I need to be super aware of regarding flow are my flow blockers and my flow starters. So flow blockers are the things that get in the way of flow. And that's just a phrase I made up. So, I mean, you could probably Google flow blockers and see what comes up, but that just came out of my head. Flow blockers block that flow. And this is what I've noticed about my own. I have to think that there's some similarities in flow blockers for people, but that they're very specific to the individual. So for me, flow blockers are when I neglect my basic care needs. So if I'm not eating three meals a day with some snacks in between, if I'm not sleeping well, if I'm not drinking a lot of water, if I'm not moving intentionally, it's really hard for flow to happen for me. Another flow blocker for me is a cluttered environment. So if I am needing to whatever, write a podcast episode or think about the different topics that I'm going to have in my dot to dot project or whatever. And I have a cluttered space, a cluttered desk or a cluttered environment. It's harder for flow to happen for me. I don't know if that's the way for everybody, but that's harder for me. If I have other obligations that I need to meet. So if I need to play in a space of being a mom or a wife or some other role, if there's other obligations I need to meet or other places I need to be, that is a flow blocker for me. Another flow blocker for me is timeframes. 
So if I sit down to start to create in the space that I feel a lot of flow, if I can only do it for an hour or if I'm, if I give myself a time frame, that blocks that flow for me as well. Cause then I'm just watching the clock, looking at it, watching the clock. Right. And then finally for me, if I'm in a funk, it's really hard to create. And if I try, I just get incredibly frustrated. So if I can already feel like I'm feeling some hard feels, but I know I need to create something. And so I try to push through that and say, no, I need to write this or I need to consider this or I need to record this or whatever. It doesn't flow. It doesn't go well. So if it's pushed or pressured or something like that, when I'm in that funk, that's a flow blocker for me. I'd encourage you to consider your flow blockers. Uh, Sometimes people can be flow blockers, certain individuals, sometimes certain conversations can block that flow. Uh, Different life experiences can, different situations can, um, grief can block flow, Uh, anger can block flow. So just start to get curious about what yours might be. Flow starters are when I connect to my body, my spirit, and my mind. So some of my flow starters are some of my daily practices. I call them my dailies. These are things that I like routinely do. Those can be flow starters for me. A clean environment can be a flow starter for me. Uh, Not having time frames, sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to create and it can take however long it needs to. Deep conversations with certain people can be flow starters. I have a, a handful of people maybe maybe a hand without two fingers, (laughs) maybe like three, maybe four-ish people that when I have conversations with them, that's a flow starter for me because those conversations always go deep and they're always really uh, intentional. They're really beneficial to me. Like I feel edified after I've had those conversations. Um, Music is a flow starter for me. Certain music, some music is not so much, but certain music is a flow starter for me. Um, A lot of times while I'm creating, I have in headphones and I'm listening to music while I'm doing that. Typically it's without uh, words because then I start singing along, hence the whole ADHD thing. Uh, Curiosity is a flow starter for me. So if I'm in a place of openness or a place of willingness, a place of curiosity, that a lot of times can start that flow for me. Um, certain TED Talks can start flow or podcasts or books, content, right? Anytime that someone else creates and I get to participate in that. So with art, again, music, anything where somebody else was in flow and then I kind of partake of that, that's a flow starter for me. Sometimes flow has to happen. Like sometimes there's a situation of where you're like, okay, I need to create this by this time and I'm on this deadline and things like that. But more often than not, I've noticed that where I get into flow best and where it's most fruitful is when it can kind of be organic. And so I have to be willing to stop and let it come when it does for the most part. Keep in mind, like I'm a mom. And so there are times when I'm having a conversation with one of my kiddos or when I'm momming or whatever, when all of a sudden flow hits, like all the dots connect And I have an aha moment and I'm in the middle of making dinner or I'm in the middle of driving in the car or something like that. But it's just coming and I can't really 
stop it or I don't really want to stop it because not only does it like feel incredibly awesome, but that's when my best content comes. And so I always try to make a point to figure out some kind of way that I can document that flow so that I can get back to it when a time is more fitting or more right. So I record a lot of times on my phone, just me talking about whatever it is that I'm flowing about. Uh, I'll write it down. Um, I just kind of like pause and there have been times like legitimate. I mean, these are the therapist problems that my kids are going to have and why they're going to have to sit on somebody's couch, but where they'll be talking and I'll be like, okay, pause for a second. And then I just start writing like crazy. And then I say, all right, play just because I need to get it out and get it down. This has happened actually quite often in conversations that my husband and I have had as of late. Uh, there's been a lot of aha moments that have happened for me. Uh, in regards to our relationship and also in regards to just my own stuff that while we're talking he'll say something or I'll say something and that'll spark this flow and I'll just sit and type on my computer for five minutes and bless his heart that he just sits and watches (laughs) but he's kind of experienced when this happens for me Um, and so when it's organic and when you're just open and willing to have it come when it comes uh, and then you jot it down, you can put a pin in it and you can come back and visit it later when you have more ability to put more meat on it. But just getting down the bones could be really helpful as well. So those are some flow starters for me. I would also encourage you to get really curious about your flow starters. Now you may be asking like, what would flow even happen in? Like what space would flow even happen in? Where there is energy for you, the kinds of things that give you energy, those are the kinds of places that you could have this flow go on. Where you have passion or where there is passion, I'm not talking just about romantic passion, but I'm talking about like what lights your heart on fire, what makes your heart sing. That is where this flow happens. And it's different for everybody. Y'all, it's interesting because like as I've talked with people, um, as I've communicated with people, interacted with people just in the world, I've seen flow happen when somebody's done a math problem which y'all, I mean, that's like next level amazing. I've seen flow happen when somebody's putting something together. I've seen flow happen. So it doesn't just have to be in like an art or content creation space or whatever. But just depending on what your jam is, depending on what you're really passionate about, depending on what makes your heart sing, what gives you a ton of energy, that is where this flow happens. And as you guys go watch that video that I'm going to link to from that article, you're going to kind of see there's like this grid of like flow is this balance between anxiety and boredom. It's this balance between being challenged and kind of being stifled. It's this current in between that that's like the perfect current in between there. So in I I think on the um, what is it called axis thingy it talks about challenge and skill maybe Um, because if you have a lot of skill at it but it's not challenging it's going to be boring for you but if it's challenging and you don't have a lot of skill in it it's going to be it's going to create anxiety for you so you're just looking for this like in between flow thing and it's it's very expansive like it, it makes your brain expand a little bit more so let's commit let's commit to get curious about your flow blockers Let's commit to get curious about your flow starters. And if you don't even know where flow would happen, start there. Let's commit to looking at the things that give us energy, the things that we're passionate about and seeing where we can start to go after this awesome state of flow. 
let's commit to get curious about the idea of this. Again, how to start it, how to block it. Let's commit to tap into our passions so that we can glorify God within us. Flow feels awesome. But it is also a huge gift to those around us because the mind-blowing information that comes from flow can sometimes be life-changing, not just for the person experiencing it, but for the people who get to observe it or partake of someone else's. Enjoy the journey, brave the battle, embrace your human one step at a time.